What's up? Welcome in. Happy Friday on the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get up to two risk-free bets, up to $2,000. What's going on, Bears fans? Adam Hogue with you alongside Nicholas Moriano. I swear he's there. There he is. I was not expecting I don't know what happened. I don't know. I was sure not expecting there. to see my face that big up close in my. It was like I was looking into a giant mirror all of a sudden. You're, you're one of three who are very confused by it. I don't know that what was, the hell that happened was, there. I, It was a psychedelic Friday right there. Yeah. Hey, yeah. What are we drinking? Which Aaron Rodgers would know all about down there. What you got there, Adam? What are you drinking for I got today's some, Happy um, Hour Friday? Yeah, Happy Hour Friday. Uh, Lost Coast Tangerine Wheat. Ooh. Just a solid go-to all the time. I don't like really fruity beers, but when you're out in the hot sun at practice, this is a kind of day where, by the way, the Bears do sell beer at training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. And um, that's probably why Nick gets heckled the whole practice. It's I don't know why they do this, but, you know, it happens. No, that doesn't happen. I just made that up. But the Shandies should be flowing on a hot day like this, I feel like. So post-practice, little tangerine wheat. It's just a subtle tangerine flavor. Love it. Hmm. Nice. I, I kind of, I just went with the whole bottle of Bacardi here. Said, you know, screw it. It's, um, it's Friday, right? Uh, no. Wow. Uh, I, I got some full a... straight poles from the Bacardi. That was, that was, you had that ready in case the Bears had a bad practice. There you go. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if I get enough super chats, if it's, if it's here, maybe I'll take a poll. Oh. But I, you know, I, I, I'm just putting it out there. It is on the oh. table, but I do have something else number? here. It's called, uh, no, okay. okay. Oh, above five. There you go. Oh, okay. Uh, rebel, rebel Kent from three sheeps brewing. I've never had it. It was just in the fridge, but I guess we'll try it for the first time. I have no idea. You just have random beers in the fridge. Oh, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. From parties, like someone's bringing oh, yeah. people from come Wisconsin. over. And, I gotcha. Yeah. They bring their, their six packs and stuff, but it's pretty good. Pretty good. All, All right, right welcome get, in. Let's get going. Yeah, we'll di- we'll dive in here. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Lawrence. Um, Alfredo's already wondering about Tevin Jenkins. We're gonna jump into that. Uh, of course, there were some more confusing things um, said today. Although today was actually refreshing, quite frankly, on that topic of Tevin Jenkins. But first, best and worst we saw today at practice. What do you got? I'll go with my best thing that I saw at practice, and that would be Justin Fields' deep completion to Bayless Jones Jr. along the left side. Um, you know, it was against the scout or that second team defense that was running a 3-4. That's what Luke Getze kind of revealed to us. But still a good throw, good catch from Bayless Jones Jr., one of the deeper completions on the day for the Bears offense. All right, for me, best thing I saw, something the Bears have lacked in previous years. You know when the defense jumps off sides? What does Aaron Rodgers do? Takes boy, advantage. Boy, longtime listeners are going to know why I'm going with this because I just, just drives me crazy. He immediately chucks the ball deep. It's a free play. Well, guess what happened today? The defense jumped off sides, and Justin Fields launched the ball deep. To Equinamius St. Brown. Equinamius. God, I even practiced that on the way home. <laughs> practice did not. I swear, I swear I was in my right. car saying Equinamius. Equinamius. We'll get there. Equinamius. It's still training camp, guys. Anyway, um, launches it deep to EQ, pulls it down. 
And you would hope that would happen because Luke Getze from Green Bay, St. Brown coming over from the Packers. Good to see from the quarterback. The Bears just never would do that in the past. It would drive me crazy. Like they'd either just wait for the penalty or the whistle be blown. <laughs> Benji says Nagy would call a timeout. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a, such a simple thing. Even if you don't complete it, even if it's intercepted, it's a free play. So, um, in fact, the Bears tried to work on that, remember? And then didn't something bad happen? What am I thinking of? The interception against the, the – wasn't that the, against the Packers where they thought it was a false or like the – Yeah, they thought it was a free play and it wasn't, so he chucked it up, but it wasn't a free play. So it, it's – anyway, good to see Adrian. Practice. I think it was Adrian Amos, if I'm not mistaken, that got that interception against the Bears. But that play confused me, Adam, because the DB on that play just gave up. And so if that's that's what the flag was for the pre-snap, man, you already know he's going to go on the board for a loaf because he completely stopped. I'm like, yeah. oh, did the defense think it wasn't, I don't know, it was on, on the offense, whatever it may be. But, yeah, they finally took advantage of that. But going the opposite way here, Adam, for the worst thing I saw – it happened late in the practice. It was kind of in that situational period. But Justin Fields had a touchdown run along the right sideline. But there were there were flags before the play was um before the play was thrown or uh went happened and then Cole Komet, it looked like Al Qadim Muhammad got in the backfield and drew a holding call, takes away the touchdown from Justin Fields. Yeah. But it also seemed like Cole Komet's like, wait, I was being held too, because he was like kind of looking at the defense. It was a weird play, but ended up the offense went backwards, take a touchdown off the board, which is a just fields run down the right sideline. All right. My worst was just uh, don't overreact, but there were a couple wide open wide receivers down the field today where Justin Fields overthrew him. It happened twice. Guys were open. The ball was overthrown. Um, the one cool thing I will say is on the second one, which I think was overthrown to uh number eight Tajay sharp yeah it was 88 deep yeah that's sharp mm-hmm. um nate tice was at practice today nate tice mm-hmm. is awesome nate tice is the uh, son of former bears offense coordinator mike tice uh who and nate works for the athletic now and he was at practice today uh we've been friends for a little bit love talking ball with him also a badger uh, so we have some football things that we bond over, but it was fun watching practice with him today. Anyway, I was not with him that moment where that, that overthrow happened. And I came back over to him and he said, the cool thing about that was it looked, he's like, I was watching the coaches and they corrected it immediately. Like right there, as soon as it happened, it was something with the shoulder, like he dipped it too far. Um, and Nate could see that from the sideline. So I was like, Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty that's cool stuff. So, and I'm gonna warn you right now, that is going to be a theme of this show today. Some good things I've seen from the coaching staff um, that we're going to get into here. And the headline really is we'll talk about Tevin Jenkins, I promise, and what Luke Getzi had to say about that. But this was a fun practice today. It really was. It was, first of all, by far the most fans we've seen out there, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's Friday. More people able to take off work, probably get out there. Weather was nice. A little hot, but not too bad. Um and the Bears all came out the field like, yo, that was a tough practice. Like, they pushed him really hard. Cole Komet said it's the hardest practice he's probably ever been a part of. Uh, Darnell Mooney said he was, like, laid out, right? Like, had to just mm-hmm. after practice, had to lay down. Um, 
And then Eddie Jackson also agreed on the defensive side that that it was a tough practice. So to see all that and then see it was competitive, um, you just it's good to have one of those days every once in a while. There were also a lot of guys missing from practice after the yeah. off day, which really surprised me. Um, here's a running list I have. Robert Quinn not practicing today. Kyrus Tonga not practicing today. Kyler Gordon not practicing today. Kendall Vildor not practicing today. So two of the top three corners were out. Also missing uh, tight end James O'Shaughnessy today. Uh, linebacker C.J. Avery. Duke Shelley was also out. So goes back to the secondary being a little thin. And Dante Pettis at wide receiver out today. So a lot of those guys, we didn't necessarily see suffer any injuries the other day. So just coming off the day off, it was a little um, surprising to see them out. But maybe the coaches knew, hey, this is going to be a really hard practice. Let's not push it with some guys who might be dealing with some dings and bruises here, stuff like that. So um, anyway, tough practice. It was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. And Eddie Jackson talked about, he was asked, hey, has the defense won most of these days? And then he, he admitted today, like, today was a tough day, like, with the offense kind of going back at them and obviously the overall intensity of practice. But, you know, just listening to Cole Komet, Eddie Jackson, and those kind of guys talk about the intensity of it, you saw it out there. And there was a point where, you know, Cole Komet's, like, hunched over trying to re- regather himself. So it was a good practice for the Bears. And I thought just a bounce back, bounce back day for the offense in terms of some of the things they did. Again, more towards the end where you saw maybe the fatigue come in. You saw a little bit of those mistakes kind of show up. But it was encouraging to see some of those downfield throws, I thought, from Justin Fields, even if it was against the 3-4 scout team that they went up against. Yeah, so speaking of that scout team, we kind of forgot to do overreactions right off the top. Um, Usually we do overreactions kind of as a bit, but I'm going to make a big deal out of this, and some will accuse me of it being an overreaction, so that's fine. Um, so I have never seen the bears do scout teamwork this early in training camp. And I tried to check with some of the other beat guys that have been, that have watched practices, you know, at least as long as I have. Um, and the earliest I can remember them doing scout team stuff is the week before the final preseason game. When sometimes the practices will actually get split in two, you kind of have the guys who are going to play in that last preseason game. And the guys, you know, who are on the 53 that start preparing for the week one opponent. And then you start to get in the scout team stuff. Cause you're preparing for that opponent. Um, I do not remember them doing this this early. I, also check with Nate on this one too, to see, you know, if he remembers that, um, you know, if his dad had done that or anything like that and he couldn't remember it this early either. Um, so asked, uh, Luke gets, was asked about this and the answer was relatively simple. Cause I was like, are they already doing 49er stuff? No, this is mm-hmm. a 30 front. Okay. They just, starting to get ready for the chiefs. What like, that seems a little too early. The game's over a week away. And the answer was quite simple. There's two teams in the division that run three, four defenses. And within the offense, their checks and communication changes when they're facing a different front. So you got to work that stuff. 
and you can't work it against the Bears 4-3 defense. So you got to work in periods where you're going up against a 30 front. And that sounds so simple and sounds so obvious, quite frankly. Um, but yet I'm telling you, have not seen that a lot, if at all. And so maybe it's an overreaction, but it is just another like small sign, small detail from some of these practices that really give me just good vibes about this coaching staff that they seem to like, they're even taking moments of practice, Nick, where they're just, you could tell they're like teaching them how to practice even mm -hmm. just little stuff like that. And I just think it's very, very encouraging. Yeah. To kind of just tie this all together too. Like even in the beginning of practice, where I was just watching the linebackers do their things. Like Dave Borgonzi, after each guy hit the pad or did whatever they were doing, it was like there was feedback being given as the other guys trying to go through their rep. It's, it seems like nothing gets overlooked, right, with this coaching staff. They want to coach you up right there on the spot. And I know Iberflus has talked about that. Like, we're not going to overlook these things. And it speaks to what the Bears are kind of doing in practice, coaching it at the time that it happens so that you don't make a mistake later on at a different practice or a different drill. So, it just seems like very detail-oriented is how I'll put it with each one of these coaches on the staff, which, you know, may, could definitely help this Bears team down the line. But it just seems like when something happens, if it doesn't go the right way, let's coach it up now so we don't have that mistake in the future. Yeah, yeah I just think it's uh, um, little, just a little thing like that. And, and again, like even when Getsy explains it, it's like, oh, yeah, duh. Like that's so obvious. Uh -huh. And yet you haven't seen it. So – I don't know. It might be obvious, but then where, then where is it? You know what I mean? And I saw Greg Gabriel responded to my tweet about it on uh, Twitter. Uh, it said that like it going back all the way to 84, 1984, Bill Parcells used to do that like every day. Um, cool. So I, I, it must be something that other teams do. I'm telling you just haven't seen it from the bears in the years that I've covered them. I, Nate's been going around a lot of these practices. I asked him if he'd seen it from teams doing it this early. Um, and even he said it's sort of a later in camp type deal. So anyway, just a little nugget there. I thought you guys would want to chew on. And uh, it's just another little thing that has me encouraged about the coaching staff, which, you know, ultimately that's what matters. That they get stuff right on the field, that they operate the right way. We are still way early into this thing, which is why, um, you know, I think it could be considered an overreaction. We have yet to see them play a game. Ultimately, that's what matters. But it's almost like every day, Nick, I see something and I'm just like, wow, that's different. That's that makes just sense. makes sense. Yeah. So <laughs> I like a shy sports fans comment here. Gotta practice practicing. Like, yeah, it, you do have to practice practicing to get things right. It, it makes so much sense. Um, real quickly to give my overreaction. With those DBs like Kendall Vildor and Kyler Gordon being out, you saw more Tavon Young in the starting lineup. He had a couple good plays. There was one play where he put Darnell Mooney on his ass. It was just a it was a running play. Tavon Young put him down, and Darnell's like, oh, gets back up. And then a few plays later, he tips a pass over the middle of the field that was intended for Mooney, and the pass falls incomplete. So overreaction, hey, Tavon Young's still in the starting, still in the the. I guess the works of being that starting nickel corner and he's yeah. showing that he could take advantage of it today. 
Right, because a lot of times it just wraps an opportunity. So you have a couple of guys out and gives, and, you, and then and you got to take advantage of it. You definitely got to take advantage of it. All right, um, want to shift to some of the offensive line stuff. Tevin Jenkins isn't the only guy I want to talk about. I'm not even sure he's the one that matters the most right now um, because there was something we brought up yesterday that we wanted to check in practice Friday. Well, it's Friday, and we'll have that update for you. But first, I want to tell you the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And that's not it. If you make a $50 more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. If you happen to see an edge in the game you're watching, if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash-outs with PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app right now. Use promo code CHGO. What are you waiting for? It is time to elevate your live betting game. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Nick, I'm kicking myself, too, uh, just real quick, because I yesterday was another first game of a series for the White Sox, and we had already given the pick of the week out earlier in the week, but I, I meant to give that out again. Because if you just now, if they're at home, it's almost like a lock. They're going to lose the first game of series on the road. It's a little bit more iffy. Uh, and they did have three left handers that they faced yesterday. So usually that bodes well for them. So it's probably wouldn't have been the most logical bet. But at this point, like first game of series, like you just, just bet against the Sox. I think. Brutal. This team yeah. sucks. I think they're I think they're now 12 and 22 in first games of series, if I'm not mistaken. Uh huh. So if you if you had bet that yeah. all season, you're you're just you're living yeah. life. Doesn't matter if they're playing the shitty Rangers or the fucking Royals. They suck. So well <laughs> well done, Tony Larissa, you Hall of Famer. Just in case you're uh, wondering how Lawrence feels about it. One nil to the Arsenal. Shout out to Gabriel Martinelli. The pink the pink team? They are wearing pink today, yes. Okay. I'm looking forward to betting now. The next you know, first game of the series, like I want some money, so I'm gonna do it and you know, come back and thank you later, Adam. But I also have to tell all of our listeners about FOCO, which is one of the best places to get collectibles and gear around, whether it's, you know, for Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Blackhawks, or Bulls, FOCO will have something for you, your kid, a loved one. Everybody can get in on what FOCO has to offer. And if you're looking to get some of that gear, collectible or accessories, FOCO has officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids with everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits two Crocs, whatever you're looking for, you can check it out and go on FOCO, and I'm sh- pretty sure they're going to have something for you. So FOCO's got you covered with the best Chicago merchandise of your favorite team. Head on over to FOCO.com or click the link below in the YouTube description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right. Um, Evan Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Interesting contrast, I would say, and how the offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, handled Tevin Jenkins' questions today compared to how the head coach has. Uh, the head coach has been 
very mysterious. Um, just says he's working with the trainers. Shout out to Peggy Kaczynski. Back in that Bears media room, the legend, Peggy, lover. Um, she just straight up asked Getsy today uh, about Tevin Jenkins and if he's not only been in the meetings, but if he's been an active participant in the meetings. And Getsy's response was, oh, yeah, Tevin has been great. He's been attentive. He's all in. Yeah. Once he gets through this deal, he'll be back out there ready to rock and roll. Now, what that deal is, still don't know. Um, but even before that, he had made a comment about Tevin and been asked about Tevin, I think. And, talk, you know, he just talked sort of in passing about a guy who would be back. Uh, and I took note of that. I'm sure Peggy did, which, which is probably why she asked the question about if he's been in the meetings. And it's just a very different vibe than what the head coach has been giving off. Yeah, and it's it sounds like Tevin Jenkins is in the mix to still win that starting spot somewhere on the offensive offensive line, whether that's a left tackle or right tackle. Based okay, now let me stop you right there. If you're buying what Luke Getz is saying, he's that's still it. in the mix. If you're yeah. using your eyes and what we've been seeing, <laughs> which is not seeing him, I would call that a stretch right now. But he did say that when Jenkins is back, he would be competing for those spots. And I, I will say this. I'll kind of add to why that could still be in the possibility. Larry Borum has been pretty much a consistent right tackle. Today, we're seeing Riley Reefer over there a little bit more, right? So I feel like they're still trying to find the best five there. So when, when if Jenkins comes back, that's why he get, can still be in the mix. Because it's not just Larry Borum's job at this point in time. And Luke Getz, has talked about it. We're going to still find the best five. So... If you are buying what Luke Getzi's, you know, selling right now, I still think there is an opportunity for Tevin Jenkins to compete for the job. Just all depends on the timing now. I mean, how much longer is he going to miss out and you're still going to say he's going to compete? If it's like three weeks into camp, it feels like you're you're definitely on the outside looking in. But it sounded like from him, he's still in contention to at least try to earn that spot. Um. Now I appreciated the uh, the spin zone on Twitter right away. Got a couple of responses. I wish I had them in front of me. I'd shout them out because they were kind of where my head was going. As someone who has been confused, because if you're trying to trade a guy, talking about how he's hurt, isn't really the best uh, way to trade a guy. <laughs> sure. Talking about him the way, way Lou Getzi talked about him today. Now. Ah, uh, yeah. Now that's a little different. So I, I'm with the fans on this one, guys. Like, you're confused. I'm confused. Usually we could figure this stuff out at least a little bit. Usually something's leaking out. The only thing that's leaked out at all is that the Bears are taking phone calls on them. Not even that they're actively trying to trade them, just that they're taking phone calls. Um. So... If he's really been in the meetings, though, and around, that's not really, that certainly doesn't suggest that Tevin Jenkins is trying to leave the Bears on his own, like, like he's trying to force a trade or anything. No, yeah, that doesn't, if, if that's what's happening, if that is, a, you know, what is actually happening, again, what, what injury is it that 
what injury is Tevin Jenkins dealing with this time? I guess it's like the thing that we still won't know, but it is, it is interesting. And like, I don't know if Luke Getzey would, you know, talk up Tevin to, I guess, interest teams, like opposite of what, like, you know, Matt Eberflus kind of do. Right. Like it just seems, I don't know. He comes pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah. Luke Getzey seems pretty honest when he talks. So yeah, it's it's a mystery. It really is. At this point, it's a freaking mystery with Tevin Jenkins. But here's the other side of it, and then we can move on, I promise. Um, if, if I still go back to this. If Tevin Jenkins was still, like, in the full good graces of the Bears from top to bottom, don't you think they would be doing more publicly to help him? Yeah. You know what sure. I mean? Like, like I still go back to that. I don't. They, they the the head coach then should be talking about him the same way that Getzy was today, and or offering up the same thing that Eberflus offered up about Thomas Graham Jr. the other day. Mm-hmm. He's going to be That's out sometime. Yep. You know, and, and it could have done that last week, and it would have ended all the speculation right away. So. You're not going to convince me just because of what Getsy said today that everything's hunky dory and he's going to be back and you know starting at left tackle soon and or right tackle really either side. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I sometimes we just got to kind of use our instincts on this and sometimes those instincts turn out to be wrong. So I'm sure everybody here will enjoy that part if and when that happens. Um, but I just I can't ignore that side of it. Just come out and help the kid if and and say the type of things that Luke Getzi said today if you're the head coach. That part's still confusing to me. Yeah, and real quickly, I see fun size one nine eight says, I know you guys jumped on the gun on this maturity issue. I don't think anyone on this podcast said that we knew that he had maturity issues. That was just what was being kind of said around. So kind of get that out of there. It's like that's that that was the the word going around, I guess, but I don't think anyone here actually said that. So, yeah, but you get lumped into everything. That's just kind of how it happens. <laughs> um, That's true. And shout out to David that says, "Cause you don't know everything, Adam." I don't. I say that literally every day, multiple times. I don't know. Yep. Go back and count how many times I say I don't know. I take pride in that. I don't yeah, know everything. I, mean, I tell you every day when fine. I don't know something. I'm pretty. F- I'm pretty up for upfront about the things I definitely know the things I've heard, the things I've telling you directly, and then the stuff that I'm sitting here having opinions on and don't know for sure. So um, that's that's part of what's fun about doing the show every day, and we're going to keep doing it. So, yeah, and regardless, I, I, like te- this Tevin Jenkins thing's still a little bit bizarre and will continue to be, I think. Um, but, by the way, still wasn't out there in practice today, and I, I don't know. It'd be great if he was. Yeah, I, I want to see him in pads. Yeah, I would I, love to see Tyler Jenkins in pads. See how he does. I was excited about him when they drafted him. I was excited when oh, they, yeah. when he was able to play last year. It, and, you know, I think they did him a disservice, quite frankly, in how they utilized him a little bit. And um, I was optimistic about him getting a chance this year. So maybe that chance is still coming. I don't know. But the Luke Getze comments today were very different from all the comments that have been made about Tevin Jenkins so far this training camp and i don't we'll we'll figure it out at some point i guess um maybe but there is other offensive line stuff to talk about adam other than tevin jenkins right we were kind of talking about the fluctuation of 
you know, guys kind of rotating in and out of today's lineup. Like you saw, you saw Braxton Jones at left tackle. You saw Riley Reef at right tackle. I think Schofield has been primarily at the right guard position. There hasn't been any fluctuation there. Sam Mustafer has been locking down center. Left guard has been Cody White here, but the, the tackles are still in question at this point, I would say. And Luke Getze admitted that. He's like, yeah, we're, we're still figuring out, kind of going through the best five and trying to see what works. And if Tevin Jenkins gets into that equation, we'll you know, still try to figure out the best five there. Yeah. All right. But Braxton Jones, I think that's something we got to follow up on and talk about because we, I was very curious. Pads go on. If you missed the show the last couple of days, pads go on and he's all of a sudden goes from being in a rotation with Riley reef. It seemed like to just getting all the reps at left tackle. And Riley Reef all of a sudden, the last couple of days before yesterday's off day, was rotating with Larry Borum at right tackle. All right. Is that something they were just trying? Were they going to move him back to left? Riley Reef back to left? No. Same thing today. Braxton Jones, first team left tackle. On the right side, it was Riley Reef actually getting most of. Was that even a rotation today? Or every time I looked, Reef was with the ones. And Borum was with the twos. Um, there I think it was towards the end of practice where Larry Borum got his opportunity with the ones, but okay. I would say seventy eight was primarily the guy out there about Reef being at with the first team. So, I asked Luke Getze today about Braxton Jones. What did you see from him after the pads went on? How did he adjust to that? Luke Getze said there was zero intimidation going against Robert Quinn. Your very first one-on-one pass rush. It's an intimidating thing. He stepped up and did a great job. He's answered the bell. He's done a really nice job for us. Um, that, this seems like, I, I mean, it, a lot can still change. We should also bring up how Getsy was very clear today that the starting five, far from set. They are, they are long ways for figuring that out still. The game reps are going to matter. But, just another day goes by where you got to consider this Braxton Jones thing as very, very real as, as a guy who has a realistic shot to, to be the week one left tackle, which is crazy, but good for him. I keep saying this looks the part. He looks the part. His athleticism is there. Like if this guy had come from Alabama you feel like he would have been drafted in the first round. You know, anybody played for a one in 10 Southern Utah team. And I'm sure that that played some role in how far he dropped in the draft. But this is, this is a thing. It's a thing, Nick. Yeah. He's holding his own. I noted early on in practice, he was one-on-one with Al-Quadine Muhammad. And who has been like, we talked about in the last couple of podcasts, he's been wreaking havoc in the backfield. Nah, Braxton Jones said not today on this play. Stonewalled him, had him blocked, and Justin Fields was able to find Byron Pringle. It was a short gain, but Fields had to go through his progressions, which is another thing that Getsy talked about. There are a couple of plays where he actually found the last read in his progression, but Braxton Jones, super solid in, take, in taking on Alquani Muhammad, not allowing him to collapse the pocket. I'm like, all right, Braxton Jones, you, this is your job to lose, and right now you're doing a fantastic job of keeping it. Yeah, I just, 
and it, and it kind of goes back to what I said the other day. Like, pads go on, and you're just like, I haven't seen that moment where Braxton Jones looks totally exposed. And no. quite quite honestly, if it had happened a couple of times, it would be understandable. Like, yeah. like yeah, you know, guy guy played at the FCS level for a bad football team last year. Um, so again. You hate to jump the gun a little bit too much, but th- I think we've also been patient about this, even going back to OTAs when they first made that move. And mm-hmm. if he just keeps chipping away at days and continues to look like the best option, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be something other than, of course, how Justin Fields plays next week against the Chiefs. Like, I would put Braxton Jones at left tackle as, like, number two on the list of most important items to uh, keep an eye on in that preseason game. Yeah, no doubt. He's getting great opportunities too. It's like you go up against Robert Quinn, Al-Kandi Muhammad. If for some reason they rotate Travis Gibson over there, there are some quality pass rushers. Yeah. That's going to give you good looks within an entirety of practice. And with this high tempo stuff, it's like, you're going to get your conditioning tested, but also the quality of how you're able to block and get into your, your drop set. So yeah, Braxton Jones, getting quality looks in this practice and for the most part, making the most of it. Well, and I think another wrinkle in this is when we talked to Riley reef last week, when he got signed, he said, you know, I prefer to play left side. And then that's where mm-hmm. they were putting him in. So I, it wasn't a leap to sort of assume that Riley reef was going to end up being the week one starter. And if, yeah. you know, if Braxton Jones could come along, maybe eventually he replaces him. But now that he's working over the right side, I'd love to know from Riley Reef like how he feels about that. We were supposed to talk to him today, and then that got canceled. Uh, and instead, Michael Schofield talked to the media. So I don't. Maybe he'll talk tomorrow. But I guess the question is now: Is this? I, I mean, I guess he probably the most simple way to think about this, and it does seem like this coaching staff is making very simple, logical. A decision sometimes, <laughs> yeah. as and I mean as a compliment. You have two young tackles, Braxton Jones on the left and Larry Borum on the right. Whichever one's struggling more, have Riley Reef rotate with that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or is, is Braxton Jones just doing so well that you need to go put Riley Reef on the other side? Because that uh, I don't know. Maybe that could be it. But yeah, no, I like that point, Adams. Like they they're making logical sense here. Maybe that's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, all right. What do we got here? We should jump into some questions and get into the notebook before we got get out of here. Just want to make sure we checked off all the boxes on the O-line. By the way, the other spots, um, obviously still Cody Whitehair at left guard. The center still look kind of the same situation today with um, Sam Mustafer and Doug Kramer rotating. And then right guard, Jatire Carter and Michael Schofield. Carter got a couple of reps towards the end of practice. I did did notice that. Um, I noticed yeah, early that's... too. Carter was getting reps okay. with the ones. Yeah. So yeah, they're like hey, these these young rookies are not making it easy for the the veterans to kind of just oh just take the job. And I thought that would be the case when they when they signed them, but for the most part, they're they're kind of holding their own or, or making it at least uh, a tougher competition. All right, need to tell you about points bet. Uh, again, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us out is to download the PointsBet app. It'll help us continue to grow. Use that code CHGO when you sign up. You're going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000 when you do that. 
Uh, and if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll automatically receive a free CHGO membership, unlocking all of our web content at allchgo.com, all of Nick's awesome uh, practice observations every single day, the stuff Will's been contributing when he's been there, my Bears Things newsletter, uh, everything is there for you when you sign up and get that free CHGO membership. And it comes with a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. Online sign up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now, register your account from start to finish all on your phone, and you'll be signing up signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right um questions notebook things to get to yeah i will start um okay yeah i can start here um Komet. Oh, Byron Pringle had a couple nice catches today, I want to point out. Um, Valus Jones. Getsy had some nice things to say about him. And there was like a number of, it seemed like there were more deep passes today. So you had yeah, a deep I, crosser to Valus Jones, I noted. Uh, Komet deep. I mentioned how, I, and I should have mentioned that earlier, like there were a couple misses, some overthrows mm-hmm. from Justin Fields, but there were also some really nice passes and connections in there as well. Um, at, at times, it just seemed like the offense was going a little bit more downfield today. Yeah, they definitely were Adam, and like some of those misses, um, I couldn't miss St. Brown. He ran a double move, and you know, uh, I tweeted that out like it was an overthrow. I don't know if you saw anything different, Adam, or if Equinemius slowed up on the play. It just looked like an overthrow to me. Like, it's just a, he missed the throw. Like, that happens in practice. I, which, if you say that to, you know, if you say Justin Fields missed the throw at him, obviously you know what the repercussions are going to be on Twitter. But it just looked like an overthrow to me. And then the the throw over the middle of Tajay Sharp, like you were kind of talking about earlier. But I did note when they were kind of doing that three-on-three three, um, where they had two blockers and the quarterback would run run the ball there. Ryan Griffin, he was he was standing out there, Adam, in terms of just being able to make the blocks. Like Dane Crook, you can ask Dane Crookshank and DeAndre Houston Carson, who got they they were taken out of the play by Ryan Griffin, and that's what he he said he wanted to bring that mentality that he was waiting for the pads and a hot day like today. This is what he's been waiting for, and he showed out specifically in the blocking drills. So I just want to give him a shout out for for his performance in those drills and how he's blocking. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Um, I just looked this up because we had a couple questions in here about Darnell Mooney talking about scrambling drills. Um, full disclosure, to get here to our show on time, we had to leave before Darnell Mooney talked today. But I just I just found um, what he had to say about this, and I, it is definitely interesting. So thank you to the commenters that have brought this up. And he's, uh, he was asked about an emphasis on scramble drills now, and this is something... Nick, I, I know at least on Hogan Johns last year, we talked about a lot. It's just like when plays broke down, you could see it on the all 22. Like there just wasn't an emphasis on coming back to the ball. It was just like the play's over, you know, it just, it just, in and so anyway, it was an interesting person to ask Darnell Mooney about this, 
about the uh, emphasis on scrambling drills. This is what he said. He said, well, we definitely have, you know, spoke on that multiple times, like where you need to be. And like even in seven on seven last year, if the play broke down or something like that, it just broke down. But this year, like if something breaks down, then the quarterback will scramble and we will all attack to go into the scramble drill. We weren't really doing that last year. So like in the game wise, when the play breaks down, you don't really like recognize, oh, well, we need to scramble. We're definitely emphasizing that a lot here now. How, again, things that make sense. Like it makes sense to do that. And you know what? This is encouraging too, Adam, because six days ago, Equinemia St. Brown talked to the media and he was asked about scramble drills. So I wonder if this is something recently, because here's his quote that he said, honestly, we haven't talked much about scramble drills. We haven't had that many opportunities at in practice yet, but a few times it's come up. I think that's something we need to work on as a team is get everyone on the same page, all the wideouts and tight ends and quarterbacks on the same page with a scramble drill. That was six days ago, though. Now we're at this point. I wonder if that was an emphasis at maybe after that day to kind of work on the scramble drills. But going back to things that make sense, yeah, you have a quarterback that can extend plays. You should no doubt practice that just so you can be on the same page during game time. Yeah, it's and, and by the way, I mean, it's not a it, last week was early on when St. Brown mm -hmm. talked to us. And, the, you know, this is a type of thing you probably emphasize on one day. You don't necessarily do it every day um, or once a week or something like that. So mm. they maybe just hadn't gotten to it at that point. So but to your point, it seems like they're working on it now. Um, I'm going to keep going because Mooney went on to say we had a system, but it, it, we just never worked on it. Because he was asked if they just didn't have a scramble drill system last year. He said, we had a system, but we just never worked on it. You have to work on things. Even though it's just like scramble drill, we just scramble, everybody run, run, around, run around. You have to work on it every now and again. Um, will this group be more effective in these situations? Yeah, for sure. It's going to be definitely more so of a better reaction to it than just seeing a run around like, oh, we've got to move now. It's just like, oh, he's moving, we move. It's not like it will be a secondhand nature, I would say. Yeah. So that's that's crazy to me, though. Honestly, Adam, that is nuts to think about. Like <laughs> all the things that were screwy with last season, like that. That's just I don't know. And obviously, we're seeing in the comments too. Like, how did they win twelve games in twenty eighteen? Like, what's going on here? Okay. Yeah. No, I'm right there with all you guys, but I'm glad. I'm sure the wide receivers are appreciative of it and feels that they're doing it now, which seems like something you should do on day one. Ross says, I guess they didn't talk about the whys when it comes to scrambling. <laughs> there you go, Ross. Good one. <laughs> it is funny. Like, uh, you know, th this is where, like, when, when Justin Fields goes on his – I don't want to say uh, it wasn't like a rant or anything, but when he's asked about the criticism of the offense the other day, and he said, like, well, if you're not really a part of it, you don't really know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, yes and no. I get that. I get that response. Let me be perfectly clear. But at the same time, like, sometimes football is not that complicated, people. And we've been talking about, like, these people watching our show right now, listening to the show, they know they know what we're talking about. They could see that with their own eyes last year. We could mm -hmm. see it. Everybody could see it. 
a play would break down and nobody would do anything. And you're like, why is Allen Robinson just standing down there 30 yards downfield doing nothing while the quarterback runs around? Go look at the tape. It's on tape. You can see it. It's right there. Mm-hmm. It's like we, anybody who knows just a little bit about football could see it. And so it's like it's refreshing to actually just hear Darnell Mooney be like, yeah, we just didn't work on it. <laughs> I'm telling Professional you, football players. I like earlier when I brought it up as an overreaction, I don't think it's an overreaction with this team. Like these little things they're working on, they didn't do it before. Now, I legitimately have not seen scout team work this early or heard of other teams doing it, up uh, uh, with the exception of Greg Gabriel tweeting at me about the Bill Parcells in 1984. So I'm sure it's been done before, but I've not. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit in a different category. Like every team should work on scramble drills. This is a very specific thing where it sounds like the coaching staff has the foresight to be like, hey, look, we're practicing against 4-3 defense every day, but two of the teams in our division run 33-4s, and while the Lions are switching to a 4-3 this year, they've come out on a record and said they're still going to have 30 front principles. We need to practice our offense against this stuff because the checks are different. Again, simple thing. Sounds so obvious, but you guys know this. Come on. You guys know this about the Bears. It's not always simple. It isn't. And Adam, you know, you talk about the coaching staff and we, we, you know, sometimes we go through what are the strengths of this team? And there are a lot of question marks regardless of where you look. But I, even though there are question marks about the coaching staff because they haven't done it before, Luke Getz, he's never called plays. There's guys in first year roles and things like that. I just have confidence in what the coaching staff is doing more so than maybe I do in like any position group. And that's crazy to think about, but just the things they do make sense. What they're saying fits what the Bears want to do, maybe offensively and defensively. And yet we haven't seen them play a game, but for some reason, like I'm buying into it. And it could be the strength of this team is the coaching staff. And there's still a lot to be proven, which I know sounds crazy, but they just do things that make sense, which again, we've been talking about all episode now. All right. Lawrence, um, please jump back in here with uh, something that is not an Arsenal update, please. Well, uh, first off, uh, we got to bring up uh, Jose Rivera's comment. Shout out to producer Aaron Rodgers with the Arsenal hat. Come on, you Gunners. Okay, so that's what that means. Come on, you Gunners. Yeah, 1-0 to the Arsenal at halftime. What's the one I always – so if – I am definitely not even going to pretend to be a big soccer fan. Uh, it is a sport I played growing up, though. I was actually decent at it, believe it or not, but never have gotten into it. When we went out to London, though, with the Bears, I've always loved the Tottenham logo. Ugh. Just settle down. It's this isn't this isn't London, okay? Okay, I fine. I don't care. But what's the what's the I always I follow them on Twitter and they're they always have like a four letter thing too. Do you know what it is? We are the worst. Okay. Oh. Yeah, that's not four letter. That's we that's W R A T the W. I put the hyphen in. Worst. Yeah. Okay. It smells like nail polish. Pretty sure that's not what it is, but uh 
don't care. Unfollow them. They suck. They'll never win anything. They're a bunch of losers. Uh, moving on, we got some super chats today. Uh, Joe Hill with the 10 banger. Thank you, Joe. Over <laughs> under 700 yards and six TDs at the end of the season if EQ wins the starting X job. Oh, seems a little high for me, Adam. Um, I know he's been having some good practices, but <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm going under. On, on on both those the 600 or 700 yards and six touchdowns yeah it seems it just seems like a lot for a guy that what I mean, caught nine passes right part of me is like someone's gonna have to do it but yeah nine pass i'm i'm sorry i i will i wonder what will had in his uh preview <laughs> we're gonna go look it up real quick yeah check that out i i would say it would be hard to make an argument that he would go over but be fine to be wrong on that one, sure. Well, you guys are both negative, so I'm going to go positive. Over! Bang me over. Why not? Uh, here's a Ar $5. Arsenal must still be winning. Oh, yeah, that's halftime. You're in too good of a mood. $5 super chat from Ben's place. Thank you, Ben. He says, thanks for the autographed football, Nick and Will. Was Riley Reef playing right tackle today? So there's two parts to that one. You just signed a football? Uh, is that for real? Yeah. I, I did. Unfortunately, my signature is just God I mean, awful. It's an N, scribble, scribble, M, scribble, scribble. So I know the football lost value. No doubt about yeah, it. For sure. I was going to say, are you going to buy that guy a new ball? Yeah, yeah I, sh I should. But I appreciate Ben for you know coming up to us and asking for the autograph. And to answer his question, yes, he was playing right tackle today. But again, sorry about the football. <laughs> yeah, that's just wild. Uh, okay, let's see here. Uh, this is from BC Always Right. How has Komet's blocking been in practice? It'll be important for the run game. Well, yeah, like I, I said, I, go ahead. Go ahead Adam. Oh, uh, I noticed Ryan Griffin more in the blocking drills. To be completely honest, um, I again, not that Komet didn't make good blocks, but I just thought that when the play was executed, Ryan Griffin was just a little bit more physical on, on some of the plays. Not to say, again, not to say that he hasn't been good. I just noticed Ryan Griffin more. Uh, I think his blocking has been fine. I'm interested to see it in games though. Cause that's, you know, I think it, it's obviously something that matters and the um, C O Y S come on yeah. you Spurs. Thank yeah. you for the nice people in the comments who answered my legitimate question. Uh goodness gracious. I found um, Will's outlook on uh EQ real quick, Equinemius St. Brown. Uh Will in his player preview had him at 20 catches, 280 yards, and one touchdown. So hmm. a little less than what we were saying seeing earlier. All right. Uh now here's a weird one from uh Brian Colbert. Anything of note from Zach Thomas? Haven't heard his name come up in camp. Yeah, I don't think that's a weird question. Um uh, I guess I thought he'd be a little bit more in the competition. Like to see Jatire Carter in there. Um, mm -hmm. Really haven't seen much of Zach Thomas in the mix for yeah. at least a starting. I thought there was a chance after the draft that Zach Thomas could compete for the uh, starting right guard spot, but not so sure about that now based on what we've seen. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean it was weird. I just meant it was a random bear or not a bear type player. I mean, I just draft him. Uh, here's a question from Joseph Sengiovanni. I want to know how the linebacker situation looks. Rose Smith might hold out longer than everyone thinks. 
Yeah, no, he definitely, I mean, he was there on the, just kind of riding around the cart earlier and he's there at practice, but I've noticed Matthew Adams making, making some plays, but Nick, I don't know. For me, Nicholas Morrow hasn't, I guess, flashed, but again, I don't, yeah, I just haven't noticed him as much, but Matthew Adams getting a lot of those opportunities with Roquan out and I think he's doing a, a good job at, at being, it has to do what, you know, the defense is um, needing of him. Yeah, someone else was asking about uh, Nicholas Morrow earlier, like uh, like yeah. three or four times. Um, I'm I'm with Nick on it. I haven't just haven't seen any big splash plays from him Mm-mm. at this point. Um, so I don't think it necessarily is a concern or a worry. But compared to some of the other guys that are making some noticeable noticeable plays, like Joe Thomas had a really nice practice the other day. Um, just as an example, I think. I think like this is this can actually be chalked up as not that big of a deal with Roquan Smith, at least for me. I I think he can come in there, even though it's a new scheme, and jump in and just be just fine. He's that good of a player. He was out there in OTAs. He's been out there at practice every day watching and he's in the meetings. He's just trying to make sure he doesn't get hurt while while they're trying to work out a new contract. And that's fine. Nobody wants to get him to get hurt anyway. So as long as this doesn't turn into something where he's going to miss games, which I'd be shocked if it does, um, it's just getting more reps for some of these other guys. And that's not a bad thing necessarily at this point. All right. I've got a, a couple other Roquan related things. So I'm going to read them both and then you guys can just kind of take it all in. So first from JR, he says, are we going to have a big free agent signing or are we done? And when should we expect the Roquan deal to be done? So that I guess is technically a two-parter. Uh, but then and Antoine Hallman says, I would not be opposed to trading Roquan. Your thoughts? A lot there. Yeah. I would uh, – it would have to be a really, really good deal on a special player for me to trade Roquan. I think – I think sometimes the importance of the middle inside linebackers because they're not, you know, corner, uh, they're not pass rushers, they're not so-called premium positions. Well, sure, in general, but in this defense that the Bears are running, it's that will linebacker spots are very, very important. I mean... Just think about the Lovey Smith defenses. Would that be this? Would you just be like, ah, yeah, you don't need Brian Urlacher and Lance Briggs. <laughs> like, that's absurd. It's absurd. So, like, you'd have to be telling me that you're getting either. I, I mean, I don't even think I would do it for a top 10 draft pick. Roquan Smith's already a top 10 draft pick that you know is not a bust, that you know is working out for you. That's still young enough that if you sign him to a deal, he's still going to be most likely under 30 or at 30 when that deal expires. So you got to take advantage of these prime years to me. Now, maybe if it's an established wide receiver who's a proven commodity, maybe. But I don't know how many of those guys are left out there. All these dudes are signing deals. Deontay Johnson just signed his deal. That's a whole nother topic, by the way. That that potential free agent market next year for wide receivers just dried up quickly. It really did, and that that would be the only thing 
that I was thinking of for a Ro- You're going to go get an offensive player if you're trading Roquan. I would think you're not going to replace him for another defensive guy. But, yeah, and DK Metcalf signed, like you said, Deontay Johnson signed. So, like, not much available at this point. Yeah. All right. Uh, familiar name here, Jake Flanagan. Face $4.99 Super Chat. Thank you, Jake. He Ooh. says, for so many reasons. Can Bears fans expect to see much more of the Bears starters during the three preseason games in comparison to most other NFL teams? Yeah, I liked um, Matt Eberflus' answer on this yesterday because he kind of got pressured on his philosophy on uh, playing starters in the preseason. I just liked his answer. It depends on what team you have, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. you know, I, I feel like Nagy came out so strong with like this idea that he's not going to play starters like that. And then he had to backtrack on it because it backfired so much. Like, I just like he refuses answers like depends where you are right now. We're a young team. We got a lot of things that aren't figured out. So we're going to play our starters. That doesn't mean next year might not be different depending on where we're at. Um, so but to answer your question, Jake Flanagan uh, good question. Of course. Uh, Shout out to uh, Jake's slide in the softball game that really put us to get momentum to win that game. It was an amazing slide, guys, going to third. Shout out to you, Jake. You started it all, and we won you our win second by game of the season. Did you win by nine? We did, but it started with that slide, you guys. I'm telling you, momentum went in our favor. I wasn't expecting it out of Jake, and it was awesome to see him <clears throat> propel this forward. Love it. Is it true you tackled a runner? <laughs> you already know this answer, so you're just putting me on yeah, the but, spot. But our listeners don't. Yeah. They don't. Uh, yes, my girlfriend was about to round third. She would have. She would have been out. I don't know what everyone else is saying. Like, oh, she needed to go home. Like, no. And she, I, I'll say she kind of ran into me, and I tried to push her back to third base, which you can't do. So I got her out, and then she yelled at me afterwards, like, "You got me out. I was going to score." I'm like. You were going to be out, though. So, yes, it is true. <laughs> yeah, but you guaranteed she was out by tackling yeah. her. Yeah, that is true. Sometimes you make mistakes. That was one of them. <laughs> All right. From Shiv Chibber, which is a fun name. Should I draft Mooney wide receiver one in fantasy or what? Is he a number one? Uh, like, wait. Wide fantasy receiver. corner. I'd have to, first of all, I have not gotten deep into August enough to look at average draft position and all kinds of stuff. I promise you we'll have these conversations as we get closer. Off the top of my head, I can't imagine. Just look at the disrespect that Mooney was dealing with in the offseason. To me, this seems like a guy you can get value with. that You could probably draft as a wide receiver, two a little bit later on and potentially get wide receiver one production. Yeah. So... Um, don't jump like, the gun. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I, like. I like one of the top twelve receivers off the board. I mean, depending on how big your league is, right? Like, that's yeah. And, and the other bit. thing I would say is, even if you're in a league with like a ton of Bears fans who might be on top yeah. of Mo- the Mooney hype, let them take them early. Yeah. There's there's another wide receiver. Think about fantasy football. There's always wide receivers. Right. There's always wide receivers. All right. So now here's uh, a couple. Uh, ending questions for us. Uh, this is from Jordan. How big of a super chat to see Nick shotgun a beer? <laughs> well, I don't, you definitely can't shotgun, can't shotgun a, a bottle. But here, no. 
is something even better. From Nick, $4.99. Oh, Let's see that Bacardi poll, Nick. Oh, boy. Oh, just because it's Nick. I was I was afraid of this one because this is – oh, God. You're the one who brought it up, man. I did. It was for a prop, but, Nick, I appreciate you for the super chat. Why is my heart pop? Oh, I can't even watch this. Oh, yeah, it's so good. My God. that so good oh, when yeah. you hit your lips. Happy hour Friday. Appreciate you, Nick. We're good. Oh, God, that tastes awful. Yeah, That's just you bad. You shouldn't I don't do even that. know why you have that. Nope, me too. All right. Well, I, think, I think we end it there. Can I we get a, a screenshot of Nick wearing all his Hawkeye gear with a bottle of Bacardi? Like, oh, we got to. Like going on to, like a time lapse back to 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, 10 years of like 17. Come on now. Yeah, that's freshman year for some people. Oh, not me. Oh, God. James Daniels was like 17 when the Bears drafted him out of Iowa. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, we're out of here. Uh, good luck to uh, Arsenal. Yeah, Outlander asked about uh, the chances of Crystal Palace turning this around, and let's just not go there. Yeah. Come on, you. Come on, no, you got don't care. <laughs> there you go. All right, we're out of here. Uh, fun week. Here's the deal. We're back Monday. So the Bears practice Saturday, Sunday. Our next show is Monday, though, which the Bears are off Monday. But we have a sh- we will have a show two o'clock for you to wrap up what happens over the weekend. We'll be on top of it. Make sure you're there. CHGO Bears podcast training camp edition, and then Tuesday is the Soldier Field practice. So we will obviously be right back on our schedule uh, with a post Soldier Field practice show as well. So everyone enjoy their weekend. Thank you for being here all week, every single day. Appreciate the following. Check out all of our work, allchgo.com. Hit us up on social. Hit that subscribe button. Like all the the deals. Get that hat out of here. We'll talk to you Monday. (laughs)